Welcome to Treat Yourself, a book club podcast where each month we read a book and come together to discuss it. I'm Hannah. I'm Christina. And I'm Emma. Yeah. She's our twice returning guest now. Yeah, I feel like I kind of <laughs> needed like an intro and just be like, and, <laughs> and returning once again. Welcome back, Emma. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so today, even though our intro mentioned that we read a book and come together to discuss it, we're doing our year-end review, so we're going to be touching on a bunch of different books that we've read this year and enjoyed. Yeah. How did everybody's reading go this year? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah, Emma, like, never reads any books, so how many books did you get to this year? Well... I believe that the final count was 12. Wow. One nice. book a month. That's good. I mean, that's not bad. I don't think mine was much higher. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the number, Christina? 17. 17. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that includes all of our book club <laughs> podcast say, books. 11 of those books are for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Nice. Slim Pickens for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How many books did you read, Hannah? Because I know it's a large number because we're friends on Goodreads. <laughs> I read 150. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, I have another confession that some of the books of those 17 mangas. What do I count? <laughs> That's not a book. I count I count comic book like volumes. So So you're both cheating. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I wanna keep track of them on Goodreads because I usually like stop reading them and then come back and I mm. wanna know where I left off, you know. That's fair. So Any they count. reading is reading. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, well, you know, in my count I didn't count a lot of books that I started. And then didn't finish. Well, yeah, you don't count the DNFs. I don't include those. (laughs) Yeah. But I read like 300 pages of Lonesome Dove. That's like a whole book. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It still doesn't count in my mind. I know, I know. I didn't count it. That's a a lot of pages there for sure, though. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, I think we'll just go around. Each of us share one of our books that we enjoyed this year. We'll just keep going around until we've each shared our three top books for this year. And you know what? We're going to still end with recommendations. We are? (laughs) I am beating you guys to the punch because I figured someone would bring it up and catch me by surprise. So I came up with recommendations just in case. I wasn't going to. (laughs) And really, they're honorable mentions for me. Well, that's, yeah, we always do honorable mentions, but we do recommendations. I was going to count them as my recommendations. No, I love this. I love this. Christina, I was shocked. This is the one podcast you remember recommendations exist, w- and it's the one where we don't do recommendations. I, I like it. I like it. Uh, it was the easiest one to do. All right, then. I can start us off with books that I liked this year. I will say that this year I read a lot of romance books, and I've never necessarily been like a huge romance reader, but then this year I just really started to read a lot of them and realized how nice 
it is to have a definite happy ending, like guaranteed no matter what. Yeah. Um, it was just really good for my mental health. So if it's cool with everyone, I'm going to go through the three books that we were talking about. So are my three favorites. But then I also kind of want to do a separate romance section, just like a quick honorable mentions with that. And then I also did some really random deep dives into nonfiction that I would like to go through. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so in no particular order, um, the first book that I'm going to talk about is Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe. Mm -hmm. It's a historical YA fiction uh, that is set in 1950s San Francisco. It's the coming-of-age story of Lily, a Chinese-American who realizes she's lesbian, it's so well done. There's an author's note at the end that goes into the research that the author did about queer spaces in the 50s. Uh, so in the book, The Telegraph Club is this lesbian bar that Lily ends up spending a lot of time at. She falls in love with another girl from her school, Kath, and there are so many risks for them, but especially for Lily. Uh, she has to sneak out without her family knowing to be able to go to The Telegraph Club, uh, which is even extra dangerous for her because her family is dealing with Red Scare Paranoia. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's so, got it's it so, all. <laughs> it's got a lot. There's so much going on. If I remember her correctly, her father is a doctor, but he comes under suspicion as part of the Red Scare. And I think at some point they take like his documents. And so then he's left without his documents. And they're really just like playing a waiting game of... Is he going to be arrested? Is he not? Um, so it's really stressful for her parents. And so they're dealing with all of that while she's dealing with discovering who she is. It's just really beautifully done. Uh, the author also does this really interesting thing where there are some interlude chapters that flash back to her parents and their love story, which I wasn't expecting, but was really, really mm -hmm. interesting. And I think maybe some other family members as well. We kind of get flashbacks to them, but... All in all, it was just a really beautiful book, and I really liked it. Nice. Yeah. I like that it had the historical aspect along with the mm -hmm. romantic vibe, so it's not just, like, the one top, you know, the one genre, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it it crammed a lot in there. There was a lot going on. I mean, Lily also deal is dealing with racism and then mm -hmm. uh, homophobia and dealing with her parents, dealing with the Reds. It's just a lot. And it's just, and all in the 1950s setting was just really, really interesting. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. Who wants to go next? Emma, let's start off with your first favorite book of the year. All right. I mean, you guys keep harping on favorite books of the year, and you don't remember the previous year interviews where I'm like, let me tell you about this book I hated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but... Because you hated them. <laughs> but no, I've got three books that I liked this year. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, we did it, guys. That was my goal in like, the first year interview was to read three books that I liked. That was. You've done it. I feel it. like that should be the goal every year, but... <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Most books are bad, as I always say. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I will go. Uh, my first book is How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam Zhang. And okay. this was a very good book. I didn't want to talk about it because it's a very, I don't know, sad's the right word, but it's okay. a pretty heavy book. 
Okay. Um, and I usually like to keep it light and talk about books like Star Smashers of the Galaxy Rangers, but mm-hmm. not this time. We're talking about this book because it was amazing. It's like, so it's the Western. I think it's it's California Gold Rush era, um, and it's the siblings Lucy and Sam. They're the children of Chinese immigrants, and their father dies, and they're they're trying to find a place to bury their father is the beginning mm. of the story and that's, that's i guess all i'll say about the story because it goes lots of places right and yeah what really got me about this book it's so well written it feels very poetic and mm. it feels like a western which was so Ooh. great because it seems like people when they try and do revisionist westerns they kind of lose the western part of it because they're just trying to critique all the tropes which deserve to be critiqued but they still lose that western feel and this felt like a western which is amazing although it wasn't like a western in a fun way but more like a john ford kind of way where you're just like oh everyone's mean and miserable (laughs) okay like how it really probably was yeah exactly (laughs) okay okay so yeah i can see people i didn't read any reviews of the book but i know that the book was very well received and it's the author's debut novel so i'm very curious what she writes Mm. next i would hate for this to be my debut novel because i can only disappoint people after this right (laughs) that would be do you think it's uh do you think it's gonna be part of a series no okay it's over gotcha it's a standalone okay (laughs) i mean that's kind of refreshing i feel like there's a lot of series that are starting like it seems like every book is a series yeah. now, so it, it's no. kind of nice that it's a standalone. Yeah, I under I understand what you're saying. Anyway, so this book I can so I didn't read any reviews, but I can see people probably being like, "Oh, these characters are unlikable," mm-hmm. and okay, I can understand why people would say that. But at the same time, it's written where you understand why the characters are the way they are and why they're doing what they're doing, and. Mm-hmm. Everything in the book makes sense, which I always like. I like my books yeah. to make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it was also a book that I just couldn't stop reading. I was like, oh my god, what's going to mm. happen next? It's going to be bad. I know it's going to be bad, but I got to know. Yeah, that's always fun. That's great. Yeah. So that is my first book that I'm glad I got to talk about. It's a great book. I do recommend it mm-hmm. if you're okay with not happy books. Okay. All right, Christina, what's this depressing book you're going to tell us about? Okay, it's not depressing at all. It's amazing. I am scared you have it on your list, Emma, but maybe you don't. I, I, well, I can almost guarantee I don't, but I won't, I guess okay. I won't make that promise. Um, so it's A Master of Gin by mm. P.J. Clark. Oh, I can tell you why I do not have this on my list is because oh. I could not easily find a copy of the book you talked about last year, which is like- A Dead Gin in Cairo. Yeah. Yeah. So there are accessibility issues with, he has three prequel short stories and they're all three on different platforms. Okay. So A Master of- None of them are Libby. (laughs) That's all I know. None of them are Libby. A Master of Gin, or no, I'm sorry. A Dead Gin in Cairo is the first one. 
And that one can only be found, you can get it like on Kindle and mm-hmm. probably Nook. Okay. And actually, The Haunting of Tram Car 15, you can also get as an e-reader, but that is also available in paperback randomly. And that's actually the third one. The second one is The Angel of Khan El Khalili, which I didn't read because I didn't know existed until I read the book. And they kept making references to a previous mission they did. And I felt like I was maybe missing one of the prequel stories. And it's actually, like, an article on Tor.com. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah. So, I, I did want... I want to read this book, but I knew that there were previous stories, and I just kept searching Olivia. I'm like, they're not there. And I never did any more work than that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you have an e-reader or, like, even have Kindle on your phone as an app like super easy to access and the article on tour.com that's like the short story is super short it's way shorter than the other two but they're great they set up this amazing story that follows fatma el sharawi um and she is this like really amazing up-and-comer woman she's one of the only woman women who works for the ministry of alchemy in cairo and you know in a male-dominated field she's really like awesome talented it's a supernatural it's one of the books where it's like supernatural but like only they know about it like citizens don't entirely know about supernatural entities like they know about some but it seems like they don't know too much about the ministry of alchemy and like the jinn live among them but uh, like they're mostly like in disguise Hmm. i don't know it's very interesting i love the world that he's built it's awesome it's so it's so cool nice you definitely have to read the short stories before, though. That's Aww. good to know. I, I yeah. would have, but maybe one day I would have just been like, I'll just read it. It'll be fine. You you can just read it, but you're going to be like confused. Like There are a lot of characters that are in the stories that then meet each other in the book, and they have these like little moments that you wouldn't appreciate as much if you didn't read the mm. short stories beforehand. That makes sense. Yeah, and they have, like, simple lines where you wouldn't really get, Yeah, you know, so. Okay. But I loved it. I, I this is one of the books that I, I dev- devoured. Um, I think I read in, like, two days. So good. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, Hannah, what is your second yeah. book? Yeah. Uh, my second book is Lost in the Neverwoods by Aidan Thomas. It's a Peter Pan retelling. And this book made oh. me ball. I cried so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's heartbreaking, but it's so, so good. Uh, beautifully written. Wendy is a high school student who is thinking about becoming a nurse, but is a little unsure of her future. And when she was younger, she and her brothers went missing. And in the end, she was the only one who returned, but nobody knows what happened to her brothers. They don't know where they are. Uh, They don't know anything about that. 
And Wendy herself, she's missing her memories from that time. She doesn't really remember what happened. It's just kind of a blank. And yeah, and so now uh, children have started going missing again. And then all of a sudden, Peter Pan shows up. And mm. so so Wendy gets involved in trying to help Peter find his shadow, but then also is getting involved in trying to figure out what's happening to the children. And mm. uh, Peter and Wendy complement each other so fantastically. I, I can't exactly say like how they do because it's a massive spoiler but they really are two sides of the same coin in the work that they end up doing at the end of the story uh it's just so good i will say the parents in this book will definitely frustrate you in the way that they act toward wendy but also two of their children have been missing for five years so their trauma response makes complete sense it's just awful how it impacts Wendy herself because she's left feeling really guilty Mm -hmm. and having to fend for herself, comfort herself, and really just raise herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a really hard book, but it's a really beautiful book. So I would recommend it. Nice. Yeah. I like fairy tale retellings. I need to read more fairy tale retellings. I was thinking about reading the original Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. It's only like a hundred and like twenty pages. Mm. So Okay. Might be worth it. <laughs> Might be. Yeah. I don't know. The <laughs> the only other fairy tale retellings that I've really read are the smutty Katie Robert books, which are really good. <laughs> <laughs> Emma's shaking her head. <laughs> Emma, you don't, I, I said this to you before, but you, are you sure you don't want to hear about Hades, Meg, and Hercules and a polyamorous relationship? Oh my god! You told me about it anyway. With BDSM elements? <laughs> I didn't want to hear about it, but you Fantastic. Told me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. That's okay, amazing. so Emma, you don't want to hear about that, but Emma, what's your next book? Thanks, Hannah. <laughs> All right, my next book is Madhouse at the End of the Earth by Julian Sanction. Okay. okay. For the first time in podcast history, I read a book that came out this year. Whoa. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a recent book. <laughs> wow. And it was great. Oh, my goodness. It was really, really good. So it's about the 1897 Belgian expedition to Antarctica. They wanted to be the first to reach the magnetic South Pole. Things don't really go according to plan. (laughs) Do they ever on any of those expeditions? In the 1800s, I don't think so. No. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, Spoilers, they get stuck in the ice for over a year. And, and it's bad, but the book is great. The author was probably really lucky because a lot of the crew kept diaries. Mm. And so it, it reads more like a novel than a lot of nonfiction books. It's also, okay, <laughs> so I put this book on hold because I just saw it. And I just kind of, I saw the title and the cover, and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. I put it on hold, and it was a 26-week wait, which it makes sense because it was a new book, Mm. and I think, and it was, like, on the featured page of Libby. So I think a lot of people did what I did, and they're like, ooh, what's that? Put it on hold. But then Mm. I got it about two months later, 
Right. And I told this to Hannah already that I think people didn't realize that it was a nonfiction book. Oh. And so that they just immediately returned it. <laughs> They're like, oh, real facts. Whereas with me, I was thinking, wait, this is a nonfiction book, right? <laughs> and it was. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, I said things go wrong. You're also going to get you're going to get people dying. You're going to get animals dying. You're going to get Yeah, Hannah can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was making a face. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get people stuck in a location for a long amount of time and the commanding yeah. officer telling them not to listen to the doctor who's trying to cure them of scurvy. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, they probably have scurvy, they maybe ate their boots, like... <laughs> there was so much scurvy. Oh uh, my gosh. Uh, the doctor was, he was kind of like the main character of the book, and he was a really interesting guy, and he had done polar exploration before, and he had lived with the Inuits, and he, when the crew had scurvy, he was like, okay... The Inuits don't have scurvy, but they don't have citrus, so how are they not having scurvy? It must be mm -hmm. fresh meat, fresh seal meat. So we need to yeah. eat fresh seal meat. And then the commanding officer was like, I don't want to eat that. I'm going to keep <laughs> drinking this lime juice that we got. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. And the doctor's like, when you can lime juice, it loses all nutritional value. Stop drinking that lime juice. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> wow. But, and then the my favorite part of the book was the saga of the, the ship's cook, where they hired mm. a cook, but everybody hated him, so they fired this guy, because he was just really mean. He was a really awful person. And mm, so yeah. they fire him, and then the commanding... I'm saying commanding officer because it's very confusing, because the captain is one guy, but then the guy who's in charge of the expedition is not the captain? Yeah. <laughs> he has a different yeah. title, which I forget, but... <laughs> It's really okay. confusing. Anyway, so the commanding officer puts this other guy in charge of being the cook, and he's a really bad cook. <laughs> but the commanding officer's like, I don't want to tell him to stop being the cook, because I don't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so they just suffered through this guy's horrible cooking for the whole trip. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Oh my gosh. So, it's a great book. It should have it should have won the Goodreads award. <laughs> <laughs> I don't try to I didn't read any of the other books in that category, but I told Hannah <laughs> that it was the best book of the year. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. What was it called again? Madhouse at the End of the Earth. Okay. And you you will have a lot of mental health issues that the crew faces. Okay. So. I've read a lot about the Franklin expedition mm -hmm. and it's very similar. They got stuck trying to find the Northwest Passage and I loved it. Okay. <laughs> I loved them dying of scurvy. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> um, it was really good. All right. Well, Christina, what have you read this year? I've read more than one book extra to the book called Books. I've read a second favorite book. And that book that I'm going to talk about is the 
Sorry, my dogs are barking. And that second book is going to be The Final Girl Support Group mm. by Grady Hendrix. Okay, okay. I loved this book. So my boyfriend and I, on our weekends, it doesn't matter the time of the year, we are watching horror flicks, um, old school slasher flicks. Okay. We love it. Oh. I love it. It's fun. It's campy. It's just cheesy sometimes and the older and the cheesier the effects are the greater it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and this book just really embodied that just classic so the final girl is a concept that's brought up in a lot of horror uh films in the genre where the final girl is the girl that survives to the end of the movie and a lot of times she ends up killing the main bad guy mm -hmm. and i love it it's like super empowering and awesome and this book posits like what happens to them like 20 years later and <laughs> we find them all in a support group and dealing with their past trauma of being hunted down. And sometimes there's a sequel where they're hunted down a second time by the same bad guy. Aww. And sometimes <laughs> there's like 15 sequels for some reason. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes they kill the bad guy and he comes back to life. It's crazy. <laughs> or And it's actually like his son seeking revenge. <laughs> um, it's super great. They start dying off one by one and they have to figure out who it is if it's someone among them or if it's one of their bad guys come back to life or come back out of prison it's great and a summer camp is involved and it's okay. awesome yeah i highly recommend i have not read any of his other books um but he did write the southern book club's guide to slaying vampires which also was very popular mm -hmm. i've not read it i may read it okay oh. so for Ooh. you for your recommendations are you going to recommend horror movies for us <laughs> no i had different recommendations but <laughs> i mean it depends on the season right now we're watching christmas horror movies makes okay. sense yeah nice. they have great names like better watch out and, you know. Are you going to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night? Uh, that's on the list. <laughs> and more importantly, the sequel, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Because sequels are always way worse. <laughs> that's, a, that's a famously horrible movie that people love to make fun of. <laughs> yes, I'm super excited to watch that one, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely on the list. So, Hannah, what is your third favorite book? The last book Are, you're going to okay. talk about today. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, my final of my three favorites is Dial A for Aunties by Jesse Q. Sutanto. Uh, it's a delightful soap opera of a book. It was kind of marketed as a romance. It's not really. It it does have a romantic element, but it's not the main focus. So just go in knowing that this is going to be a ridiculous story that not a lot makes sense, but you just have to go with it. It's just it's just a soap opera of a book. It's so fun. Um, it's about Medi who goes on this blind date 
and she accidentally kills her blind date. And so then she goes home and her mom and her aunties are getting ready because they have this big wedding that they're like the wedding planners or like I think one of them does the flowers, one does the food. So they, they all are working this wedding that weekend. So she goes home, tells her mom, and then her mom calls the aunties and then they're all trying to get rid of the body and they're, it just, of course, leads to chaos. I mean, they lose the body for a while. They find the body. There's like oh my a God. theft plot point at some point. And it's just a lot of ridiculous stuff happens over this weekend. And it's just it's delightful. Again, is not realistic. But if you go in knowing that it's just a big soap opera, you'll have a really good time. <laughs> yes. It's just hilarious. It's really, really funny. Okay. Yeah. All right, Emma, what's your third book? All right, Hannah, my third book is High Noon in Lincoln by Robert Utley. And I recommend that everyone look up Robert Utley really quick and look at his Wikipedia picture because he is the cutest old man. Okay, okay, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot you showed me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you see him? Oh my god. That's the one! That's him! (laughs) (laughs) He's so cute! Anyway. So cute. So, uh, Christina's watching horror movies every weekend. I'm watching westerns every weekend. And I watched... That sounds about right. Yep. I watched (laughs) Young Guns, and I did not like it. (laughs) But... I decided it's about time I learned about the Lincoln County War. The Lincoln County War, it's most famous because it involves Billy the Kid. Mm. He's just kind of there. I mean, that's really (laughs) what you could say about Billy the Kid's place in history in general is that he was a guy. (laughs) He existed. (laughs) Anyway, so the Lincoln County War is unnecessarily complicated because it's so dumb. It's basically... (laughs) Basically, this guy moves to Lincoln County, and he opens up a general store, and there's already a general store, and so they, like, get in a feud, and then the guy teams up with this lawyer that kind of stole money from the other general store owners, and so then the other general store owners are like, we're gonna kill you. Wow. (laughs) It becomes messy really quickly yeah so the author sums it up nicely at the end above all else the Lincoln County War was in fact a collision of personalities quite simply motivated by a quest for money and power Tunstall and McSween picked a fight with Murphy, Dolan and Riley who responded with every legal and lethal means at their command and then everyone just keeps killing each other in perpetuity is You know, wow. Nobody's in the right is mm. a mess. It's a good Western tale. <laughs> but wow. So I had a lot of trouble reading Western nonfiction the last year, as I detailed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to read about the Lincoln County War. And so I was trying to figure out which book to read. There's quite a few. And I right. determined that how I should find out is I should go to Wikipedia. And whatever book they cite the most is the book I should read. (laughs) And that was this book. So, But then when I read the preface of the book, I knew I had chosen the right book because I will read it for you now. (laughs) High Noon evokes images of a classic Western face down and shootout. 
That is what happened in Lincoln County, New Mexico, in 1878 and 1879, as John Henry Tunstall and Alexander McSween engaged in a face-down and shootout with James J. Dolan and John H. Riley. Unlike the High Noon in which Gary Cooper is the lone hero, the Lincoln County High Noon boasts not a single hero. <laughs> Readers who must have a sympathetic character to identify with may put this book down now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I did not set out to write a book without heroes, but historians must take history as they find it, and I found no heroes. Wow. I did not expect Billy the Kid to be a hero, nor did Murphy, Dolan, and Riley seem likely candidates. I was surprised to find John Henry Tunstall and Alex and Sue McSween so lacking in appeal. But when I discovered that Lou Wallace, whatever his military and literary merits, made so few constructive contributions to resolving the troubles in Lincoln County, I knew that I would find no one to stir the sympathetic imagination of me or of my readers. Wow. Yes. Thank thank you, Mr. Otley. So this was this was great. He was like everyone was terrible. Yeah, Lou, Lou Wallace was made the governor, but he was too busy writing Ben Hur to care about solving the problem. Oh my oh gosh! My gosh. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, if you want to learn about the Lincoln County War, I I do recommend this book. I think I will read some of his other books. He's written quite a few, and he's still alive and has an adorable picture. Wow. On Wikipedia. <laughs> so. Yeah, I my my faith is renewed in nonfiction about the <laughs> old west. Nice, yes, amazing. All right, Christina, what is your final book? Okay, so you know I didn't have that many books to choose wow. from, and I just so happened to read the book that I think deserves to be number three on my list uh, this past week. <laughs> so. <laughs> Kind of crazy, but it's true. I'm very sorry. My apartment is super noisy right now. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but they're like moving furniture around upstairs and like I have no clue what's going on. (laughs) I hope it doesn't come out on the recording. Um, Anyways, so this book is called Krampus, the Yule Lord by Brom. So Brom is a horror novelist okay is he also a vampire (laughs) actually um here let me show you his back photo um and also where does it say it yes brahm is currently kept in a dank cellar somewhere just outside of seattle and this is his cover oh my god i hate hate this guy (laughs) (laughs) he also does his own illustrations and it's an illustrated book here, Hannah would hate this cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so pretty scary stuff. But honestly, the book wasn't that scary. Okay. It was a really awesome Yuletide romp. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a romp. <laughs> a romp. So, and this book is even more special to me because it takes place on the East Coast in Appalachia. Okay. Down in Boone County, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not from West Virginia, but, you know, the Appalachians are always close to my heart. But <laughs> in this tiny town that's made up in Boone County, Krampus 
reawakens and his sole purpose is to kill Santa Claus. <laughs> and okay. he recruits some local humans. One of the humans has a main storyline in the book, which is a little unexpected, but um, it's very nice, actually. I like it. Hmm. You uh, like the main character, the main human character. You kind of grow attached to him a little bit and attached to his goals in the story. And yeah, so I love uh, they bring in a lot of Norse mythology and kind of tie it into Krampus and to Santa Claus and kind of give them this backstory that creates this tension between themselves that would hmm. make it make sense that they'd want to kill each other. Okay. <laughs> yeah, without giving too much away. <laughs> the age-old rivalry. It's, it sounds crazy, but it really does work out, and it's awesome. And it's just, like, so seasonal right now. It's so great. Mm. You know, it's snowing in the mountains, and... Uh, you know, they're running from dr local drug lords. <laughs> but, but also Krampus is having heart to hearts with, you know, this tired, beat down, like single dad musician who ha doesn't what? has lost faith in his abilities. And it's like they have such cute moments together. Like, it's so amazing. Like, huh. Krampus is so cute. Like, you just really sympathize with his character and wow. you end up really hating santa claus <laughs> okay it's crazy like i actually think you might like it hannah there's and enough there's enough cute moments like yeah cute moments between them and the characters that i think you would really love it i am intrigued yeah and it's really not scary at all. He has some other novels that I'm really interested in reading now, and I wonder if they might be scarier and if this was mm. a little bit lighter just because of, like, the Christmas content. Okay. I mean, it does paint some scary imagery, but it's... And there are some graphic, like, kill scenes mm. and fights um, and gore, I guess. But outside of that, it's not. I wouldn't say it's, like, scary. Like, no jump scares, nothing like that. <laughs> Have you ever read a <laughs> book with a jump scare? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's nothing to make you, like, be scared of the shadows in the corners, you know? <laughs> like, okay. look up from your book, like, is someone staring at me? Mm, <laughs> you know? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I've read books where that's happened before. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Krampus the Yule Lord by Brahm. That's oh my god. This he has guy's one gotta, name. He's got like be, Cher. He's got to be so obnoxious. He's probably pretty pretentious. I do give him that, but he writes a good book, and he's pretty good at drawing too. So okay, cool. <laughs> okay, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. <laughs> Hannah, would you like to go first? Yeah, I can go through my romance honorable mentions uh so i'm just gonna go through a bunch of different romance authors and then like one or two books that i really liked from them uh so one that i fell in love with this year is cat sebastian she does a lot of historical romance as well as a lot of queer romance so the queer principles of kit webb and the ruin of a rake are fantastic they're my favorite from her <laughs> Uh, I also fell in love with Alexis Hall. Rosalind Palmer takes the cake. It's a great British bake-off 
type story. Um, it's <laughs> okay. fantastic. It has a bisexual heroine, and he really did romance in a slightly different way than it's usually done, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Alexandria House does a lot of contemporary black love romance, uh, so Let Me Love You and really all of the books in that series are amazing. And then... I also read some sci-fi romance, so Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell was one of my absolute favorite books this year. So much angst, a political marriage, some hypothermia, forced proximity. It's got all the best things. Uh, It's Everything Hannah loves. (laughs) Hypothermia, Hypothermia. to top it off. Forced cuddling, sharing of warmth. It's it really is though. It's like fifty percent hard like sci-fi politics and then fifty percent romance, which it's really great. Though there is content warning for uh, abuse in there as well. And then finally, it's winter time. So let me recommend the absolute perfect winter romance. It's called The Beautiful Things Shop by Philip William Stover. It's really silly, which is what I loved about it. And it's about mm-hmm. these two opposites who are forced to share a shop. So one of them sells antiques and is this like very uptight dude. And then the other sells pop culture memorabilia. And so is, oh of course, gosh. much more like relaxed and 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 silly <laughs> and so of course they fall in love and it's adorable oh my gosh <laughs> and it's out of control it's so good so that's just a few of the romance authors that i fell in love with this year <laughs> need to read more horror books i mean i read the year of the witching this year <laughs> That was soft horror. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll. My goal for next year will be to read two horror <laughs> books. Oh man! Emma, did you have any honorable mentions? Well, speaking of horror, Ooh. as you know, I like to read short stories. Yeah, I didn't read too many this year. The only ones I read, I read "Perchance to Dream," the selected stories of Charles Beaumont. Charles Beaumont was one of the writers for the original Twilight Zone. So a lot of these stories are stories that were then adapted to episodes of the Twilight Zone. So some of them are very different. Some of them aren't. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. it's got that that good horror, that like, ooh, just a little spook. But not, okay. <laughs> a little spook. A little yeah. one. That's that's what I like. Just like just, you know, the kind of horror where you get to the end and it's like, whoa, whoa. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna be thinking about that. I'm not really scared about it, but I'm gonna be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's that is my honorable mention, my recommendation, if you will. Okay. Christina. Nice. What Okay. Do you have to honorably mention? So I feel like every year, maybe this isn't true, but I feel like every year I've always brought up one of those quick read. I call them like guilty pleasure type Mm. reads. For me, they're kind of like adventure novels. And this year I read one. They're always beach reads for me. Okay. So this year was Relic by Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. Yes, there was a movie made. Yes, I watched it after reading the book, and it's an awful movie. <laughs> the book is better. 
The book is better than the movie, <laughs> but it was so much fun reading the book and then watching the awful movie. It just like early 90s, just terrible, terrible graphics. Okay. CGI, terrible CGI <laughs> graphics. Oh my God. And it just, it's about, it takes place, in the book it takes place at the Natural History Museum in New York, and there's this creature in the basement <laughs> that is eating people. <laughs> and they brought it from the jungle, some South American jungle. <laughs> and and it was an expedition like 20 years ago that brought it up. They possibly brought this creature in and it's like picking people off one by one. And everyone just is like running around in circles for most of the novel, like trying to figure out what's going on and just making all the wrong moves and getting themselves killed. Typical like action movie type going on. Okay. You could tell they were trying to be Jurassic Park a little bit. <laughs> and I love... I, and I think even the back of the book said even better than Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, um, I don't know about that. <laughs> but um, it was still a really fun read. So I recommend that. I also, <laughs> to completely change directions okay i also read everyone knows your mother is a witch which came out this year mm. so everyone knows your mother is a witch came out this year it uh is by rivka galchin it's very good um it's about a woman in i believe 1500s uh germany who's being accused of being a witch in her town Okay. And the novel's from her point of view and mainly like her neighbor's point of view who's trying to help her out. And it kind of goes how you would think it would go. It's kind of very frustrating to read, but <laughs> I think Emma would hate it. <laughs> but, like, it's really frustrating to read, but this woman was actually a real person. Hmm. So her son was an imperial mathematician and was really well known in that time and his mother was actually accused of being a witch and so this kind of speculates of what actually went on during mm. those days so it was kind of interesting as like a historical piece historical fiction i recommend it but maybe four out of five stars all right it kind of reminded me of drive your plow over the bones of the dead oh, or whatever so I feel like ever. you guys might not like it just because the old woman was like a little bit infuriating, but, um, <laughs> and stubborn. Okay. Oh, Hannah hates stubborn people. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was a quick read. Cool. So there we go. Any recommendations? Oh, I'm just Hannah, kidding. Hannah, I, I do have, Hannah does. I do have one final rabbit hole. And I do wonder if people who listen to this podcast could help me out with with this one. Internet, we need your help. <laughs> we need your help solving this mystery. So, so the rabbit hole that I went down, uh, I was watching a booktuber and she was reacting to the list of, I think, like the 100 YA books that you must read. Uh, something like that. Twilight, number one. And one of the books... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And one of the books was a historical fiction book called The Salt of the Sea by Rudis Apetis, which is about the sinking of the Wilhelm Gustloff. 
And the booktuber I was watching mentioned that this was the worst maritime disaster of all time. Worse than the Titanic, something like 9,000 people died. Uh, But no one really talks about it because it was German refugees during World War II. So, of course, I went to Wikipedia to check out what books had been written about it. And one book caught my eye. It was called I'll Be Damned, How My Young and Restless Life Led Me to America's Number One Daytime Drama by Eric Braden. (laughs) And I'm going to interrupt Hannah here, because this is where I come into the story. (laughs) Hannah's texting me all these texts. She's like, there's this disaster. This actor wrote a book about it. Here's the book. And I missed it because I was in the shower. (laughs) <laughs> and I come out and I just see Eric Braden on my phone and I'm like, Hannah, I just finished watching the Rat Patrol. I know exactly who this person is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you see, and then there's me who I was like, okay, of course I recognize the man on the cover as Victor Newman from The Young and the Restless, even though I've never watched that soap opera, but my mom has. So mm-hmm. I was able to recognize him right away. And so Wikipedia tells me that he revealed he was a survivor of the sinking of the Wilhelm Gustloff uh, in this book. And I was like, whoa, okay, I have to read this book. I, I'm just really curious now. I read the entire book. The timeline matched up. He was living in the right place. He would have been teeny tiny during the disaster. So I figured, okay, they'll mention it at the beginning. They did not. I kept reading and was like, okay, he he was in the Titanic movie. Okay, so so maybe he'll talk about it in that chapter. I get to the Titanic chapter. He does not mention it. I read the entire book and not once did he mention that he was on the Wilhelm Gustloff <laughs> What? So, <laughs> because he wasn't. Because I don't think he was, but the internet says he was. And I don't know why I can't find any other source than people pointing to this book. But it was not mentioned in this book. So please, if somebody knows like an interview or a place where he actually actively <laughs> has mentioned that he was a part of this terrible maritime disaster. Oh my gosh. Let me know. I mean, I do recommend the autobiography. Uh Hannah especially loves this book. I loved oh it God. so much. I listened to it. He reads it himself, uh, <laughs> which is really fantastic. He just has a very distinct voice. I did oh have to speed gosh. it up probably more than I usually would for other people. He he is a bit slow and deliberate with the way he speaks, but it, it was really good. I, I was really intrigued by his life. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's a very interesting person. And I just, I'm just sad that Wikipedia lied to me and that he wasn't a part of, I mean, I guess I don't know if sad is the right word. I just wish I knew why the internet <laughs> thought he was a part of the worst maritime disaster when he wasn't. Yeah. Is it is it possible there is someone else on that maritime disaster that had the same name as him? That was like on the like on a manifest somewhere, um, I, and it I, got it confused. I, I, 
I was doing a little snooping. I know Hannah read a book about it, so maybe she has a better answer. I did. I read I read a, a another book. I read a book specifically about the Wilhelm Gustav sinking after after <laughs> wow. this. When I looked into it, it said that there was no official manifest. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where, again, it was for refugees. They were trying to basically evacuate the town. And so a lot of women, a lot of children, and it got to the point where they just like kept accepting people. People kept accepting people like way past capacity. And so records weren't really well kept at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was really just up to you and your family to know if somebody was on there. But anyway, Um, he definitely wasn't on there because I know that his whole family was alive and well (laughs) afterwards. And I doubt they all would have survived the sinking. Yeah. And I know this because Hannah made, well, she didn't make me, but Hannah recommended this book so highly (laughs) that I read it. (laughs) I didn't read all of it. I stopped. He, like, he was just going on about, I don't know, but I was just like, I'm I'm done. I get it. I, (laughs) the early part of your life is very interesting, but he, he does, he says like two sentences about the Rat Patrol, which I get. It's not a good show, but like, mm-hmm. I just finished watching it. So I was like, oh, I want to hear what he has to say about it. And he's yeah. just like, I was on the Rat Patrol for two years. Anyway, let me tell you about the speeding ticket I got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. And the way Hannah sold the book to me was <laughs> she, she told me about the part where he threatens to kill a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he just wow. Thought, he might have not. He might have not been threatening to kill a guy, but he threatens um, bodily harm against a man. He threatens bodily harm against a couple people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Look, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Best autobiography. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I haven't even watched The Young and the Restless, but I loved The Young and the Restless chapters where he he talks about some of the storylines that he's gone through and then is like, I don't actually remember all of that. I had to like have somebody else look that up for me so I could write that down. And then he goes through and he has a list of things that he would change (laughs) on The Young and the Restless. Like, here's my list of grievances. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, so I, I I ended around the chapter where he started working on the Young and Restless, and he's just like, "This show is trash." Oh my gosh! <laughs> I've been on it for forty years. Uh, and I wanted to find a clip, well, I, any clips from when he first came on, because he was describing the storyline when he first came on. We should have our mom on this podcast; she could probably tell us mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. about it. But he's describing how. He's cheating on his wife left and right, and then his wife has uh, an affair with some other guy. So then he kidnaps that guy and keeps him in the basement and feeds him rats. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh. laughs> so the only I found one clip, and it's very short. And it's the guy, <laughs> the the captured guy in the basement, no shirt on. Because why yes, would he have a shirt on? Of course. <laughs> What he, what Eric Braden did not mention in the show was that his outfit, when he first came on, first he had the mustache, because mm-hmm. that's a thing that he had for a long time, but not in any of the things yeah. I've seen him in. He had the big mustache, and he had, like, the big belt buckle, and, like, the, the button-up shirt, but it's, like, the pearl inlaid snaps. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's this guy with this 
distinct European accent, and he's dressed like Texas rancher. <laughs> oh my gosh. But anyway, so so uh Kashif guy is on the ground and and Eric Braden comes in and he says, There are no women down here for you to seduce. <laughs> And then the guy like lunges at him, but then these bars fall down in front of him. <gasps> what? Yes. And I'm like, this this was the greatest show of all time. No oh wonder it's been gosh. on for 40 years. Right? Oh, that's crazy. Anyway, if anyone could send me clips of early young and restless. Yeah, you have uh, you have yeah. two assignments, listeners. Let us know if Eric Braden actually has said somewhere that he was on the Wilhelm Gustav and send us clips. Hey, there was no manifest. I was on the <laughs> Wilhelm Gustav. This is we should just start adding that to people's Wikipedia pages, like, oh, their grandfather survived the <laughs> Wilhelm yes. Gustav yes. sinking. Yes. Oh my gosh. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Wow pretty good year of reading (laughs) (laughs) sure emma what are we doing next time it's a little different it is you could say it's very different but it is book related Mm -hmm. hannah and christina are indulging me and uh, i guess we talked about hannah's rabbit hole here's my moderate obsession with the (laughs) twilight zone movie accident i've mentioned it before I, it's something that I've read a lot about and something that really needs to be talked about. So we're talking about it in our next episode. We will be drawing from the books Outrageous Conduct by Stephen Farber and Mark Green and Special Effects by Ron Lebrecq. There's also a new book coming out that was supposed to come out in December, but it looks like it was pushed back to February. But I don't know. I haven't read it. I don't know what that book is going to be like. (laughs) But anyway, if you want to do some preparation beforehand, but you don't need to, because we're going to break down the whole thing and all the horrible details that are involved. Yes. Yes. I can't wait. It's going to be an interesting episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's next time. Amazing. Well, thank you for listening to us go on about all of our favorite books from this year. Uh, If you want to reach out to us, you can find all of our social media links in the show notes. And until next time, don't forget to treat yourself. Treat yourself.